You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, baseball fans. It's Tuesday, March 22nd. We're fully into spring. And I'm your host, Stacey Gonsolias, Locked On Yankees. I'm joined by Javi Reyes, host of Locked On Padres. How are you doing today, Javi? I'm doing pretty, pretty good. I must say it is a lovely morning. Always love talking to my Locked On Yankees host and homie. Uh, Yeah, good times. It's cool that for once, uh, you know, the reason we're talking is an actual transaction occurred between our two teams. It's just whatever weird. Remember when we did the CC Sabathia documentary talk? That was back in like before Christmas of like a year ago or something. That was Yeah, that was a while ago. Uh, But yeah, yeah, I'm thrilled to be here for sure. Yes, it's a... It's, it is very nice to be talking about transactions, um, even the ones I don't like talking about, like I did on yesterday's show. But, you know, we have to talk mm. about things. So before we get into it, you can find Locked on Yankees and Locked on Padres in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher. You can look us up on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who subscribed yesterday. Thank you to everyone who watched yesterday and left nice comments. It was very pleasant looking at YouTube yesterday. So thank you for that. And if you have a smart device, you can tell it to play podcast Locked on Yankees or Locked on Padres. So let's get into talking about Lewis Linwood Voigt, who was traded to your team (laughs) this weekend. And it was a foregone conclusion, 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 once (laughs) Anthony Rizzo was signed. I mean, the writing was on the wall. Luke Voigt knew it. We all knew it. We just were wondering where he would go. And he's out Mm -hmm. in San Diego. And he's with a former college teammate, which is good for him. I saw his beard was already coming back within two days. I mean, nice for him to have jeans like that where he can, you know, grow back a good amount of stubble in only 48 hours. So that's nice. And uh, because that always happens when guys are traded away from the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. (laughs) So what are you looking forward to with Luke Voigt besides his, you know, big, brawny, beefy physique and the fact that he can hit taters at a very nice pace when he's healthy. <laughs> yeah. when I mean, yeah, that's the whole thing, right? When he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, and he has not been able to. That's the one move. But again, it's not necessarily great with the move. They're taking a chance on someone and a low kind of low risk move, I think, for the Padres is what I talked about on my show where, yeah, you gave up some top 15 prospect, not even like a guy who played a little bit in rookie ball. So I'm not really all that concerned about that, especially for a team that allegedly supposedly is supposed to be in like a win now mode. I think Mm -hmm. they just figure with the DH coming, we don't want to have our current first baseman be the DH. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to have the ground ball master, the maestro uh, being the one that's our DH could that would be the worst DH in baseball. And if you look at it, you know, really good numbers. WRC plus is high when he's healthy. It's a lot of home runs led the league in home runs in the 2020 season. Even if it was shortened, he was, and he wasn't healthy. But he wasn't even healthy yeah. then, which is even funnier. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's the crazy thing is like Luke Voigt, I'm a little bit I guess it makes sense because once they re-signed Rizzo, I guess that the writing was on the wall and they were gonna move on. But I think another part of this that I'm anxious to talk to you about was like I like that I think he has something to prove. I yes. like that when he came out last year and you know, maybe you don't air the dirty laundry of being like, Hey, like I wanna play more. But right. he did basically do that. And the very next game, he hit, like, an RBI double, from what I remember. So, like, at least he came through. It would have looked really bad, especially in a New York market, if you come out and say, I should be playing more, and then have a three-strikeout game with a ground out, 
or something yeah. like that, right? And that's not what he did. So I think considering that the Padres have a super high payroll, all right? I'm not defending ownership. I'm not defending the billionaires. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, in fairness, the Padres have never been a team that spends money, and they have certainly never been a team that's top five in payroll. So while I always am like, yeah, go ahead, keep going. I don't think an extra $20 million will kill you. Hmm. In fairness, they're spending a lot. And maybe they're like, hey, can we take like a – a what off season break like every like half the contracts we've given out haven't worked uh with the exception of tatis and machado or i mean heck with him with that you know the clown show that occurred last week which but man i've i've rewatched the clip my guy i just can't get over that he's really said which one i cannot oh, yeah. believe tatis said that and then he smiled a little he said uh yeah i think he like knew he messed up Mm -hmm. I couldn't get over the fact that he's like, oh my God, what did I just say? I'm 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 going to date myself with this, but it's the episode of Friends when Chandler (laughs) reveals to Rachel that Ross is in love with her and he wants to like pull it back into his mouth and rewind time. That's basically what Tatis was like when he said that in that moment. It was the same kind of thing like, oh no, what did I do? Yeah. Yeah, it was it, it was pretty rough. But uh, yeah, I don't know about you, but what can kind of like the Padres folk expect from Luke Voigt, you think? Um... A fiery guy. The thing I liked mm. about Luke Voigt, um, batting from, he reminded me of a right-handed Jason Giambi. His stance mm. is very similar. His body type is very similar. The way he plays defense is similar, although he's better than Giambi, but um, not as good as at yeah. scooping up balls at first base. So if you need him to play first base, he can. Um, you know, just don't expect, you know, acrobatic things yeah. out there from Luke Voigt. Um, but I just... I enjoy, like you said, the passion that he has, the fact that he really wants to play, even when he's hurt. Because, as I said, 2020, he was – he hit those home runs on a bum foot. And he even said that it was better for him to jog around the bases than it was for him to walk and stand on it, which is kind of funny because you think that, okay, well, I'll just hit home runs and that will stop me from having to stand too much on my bum foot. But the injury thing is scary because he kind of tends to go hard when he's training and working out. And a lot of his injuries are, you know, sports hernia or something in this area. And that's always scary with a guy who swings as hard as he does. But if he stays healthy, you're going to have a lot of fun watching him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my thing is given our first base situation, it's not going to be unless some other trade happens. Yeah. We still have I Michael Conforto's last pick free agent out there kind of, but, and I understand that like Brian Reynolds and Ramon Laureano and there's some other guys out there, but theoretically the last move the Padres would probably want to make is trading away their first baseman who must not be named. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. And I also don't know if it's exactly worth it. Um, Cause when you consider things, it's like, Hey, I mean, they are saving some money next year. The salary is about $7 million less, which is cool. It was front loaded. So it saves you some money there. You're going to have Will Myers off the books. That's about like 27 million that frees up next year. So I don't know if it's as desperate and awful. Is it annoying? Yes. It is very, very annoying that he can't even be better than, Oh my God, like better than what LeMahieu was last year. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, can he be better than that last year? No. (laughs) Even a down season where he slapped the ball with the about the the strength that I think I had, uh, our guy was still worse than DJ LeMahieu last year. So it was very, that's frustrating. But I also just think depleted farm system. Does it make sense for you to give up a lot of assets and not get anything returned just to get rid of this guy right now? I don't know. I don't know. I know all the Padres fans were like, trade for Olsen. Trade for Matt Olsen. It's like, yeah. all right, dude, and I want Mike Trout on my team. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not that simple. And I think that 
unfortunately, um, his contract is one of the reasons they've probably been hamstrung to give out bigger deals. And that's why I like the Luke Voigt thing, because most days he's not going to play first, but he will some days. And I'm curious, one thing that I raised on my podcast is Bob Melvin isn't some extension of the front office. This is a guy who's had his own thing. And I'm wondering if he's going to have the cojones, you know, to be like, hey, dude, you've been really, really bad lately. I'm actually going to bench you for a little bit. And that was one thing that drove Padres fans insane last year when they're having their collapse. Yeah. Why is it that everyone in the lineup got a break before him? You know what I'm saying? It was like every single player. Adam Frazier, we just traded for him. You only played once in your first four games or whatever. Like, it was very confusing how many yeah. almost excuses they made for him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think uh, having something to prove, the change of scenery, the fact that he's playing with his college teammate. Not that he didn't like playing with the Yankees, but again, as you said, yeah. he was playing with a chip on his shoulder toward the end because of the Rizzo move. The Yankees did need left-handed bats. I was just shocked that they went after Rizzo during the trade deadline. That was surprising. Gallo, I wasn't so surprised about because his name was always linked to the Yankees, and eventually I figured yeah. they would get him. But the Rizzo thing was really shocking. But Voight was hurt at the time, so they needed someone to play first base that wasn't DJ LeMahieu. So it made sense at the time, and again, the writing was on the wall then. So, yeah, I think you guys have good things to look forward to. And speaking of things to look forward to, the NCAA tournament is upon mm. us, and it is crazy. It is absolutely nuts. I love that high seeds are falling to low seeds. I had mentioned it yesterday. St. Peter's Peacocks, Jersey City, hell yeah. So from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball and not just college basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. And after you listen to us, you should listen to Locked On MLB Prospects when you're done with this show. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, including some names we may see on the field in Yankee Stadium in the not-so-distant future. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Now, speaking of future stars, Luke Voigt didn't just go to San Diego. He was traded for... Justin Lang, who I pointed out yesterday, was born on V911. <laughs> that is Oh man. That is just my brother pointed that out to me over the weekend. Wow. He said, Guess when Justin How Lang was that? born? And I said, When? He said 911. I'm like, okay. He's like, no, oh V911 01. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. How about that? That's that oh man. I wonder, that must be awful, just being like, oh, my God, that's what I was born. That's 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 pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, like, it's bad enough for people who I'm were- I'm proud of July 30th, for sure, for me. Yeah, whose birthdays are 9-11, because I have a couple of friends whose birthdays are 9-11. I have friends who uh, got married on September 11th, different years, you know, prior to 01, and for them, it's just like- <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got you, I got you. So, can you tell me anything about this kid? No. Uh, not, not at all, honestly. Uh, look, look, I'm the I same would. way with, I mean, I know the big name prospects. You know, I know enough about yeah, yeah. them, but other guys, I'm kind of yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I get it. So 
The one thing I will tell Yankees fans is it's not a big name prospect. This right. is not a Mackenzie Gore. This is not even though Mackenzie Gore has fallen in their prospect rankings for sure after being the number one pitching prospect in baseball, only one I've ever seen to not debut and then fall backwards. So that's that's going very weird. Mm. But that alludes to my second point, which is Padres pitching. Um, they are really bad at developing pitching. So yes, they've made some changes. They brought in Ruben Niebla, who is the the, the tinker supreme coming out of Cleveland who turns a bag of potato chips into a Cy Young contender, apparently. And that's, that's nice, right? They bring him Melvin. They've, they've, they've clearly made some moves that they're trying to adjust their organizational like strategy and philosophies and stuff, because pitching has not been their strongest too. Um, you look at everybody. Chris Paddock has a great rookie year, right? You look at Blake Snell with Larry Rothschild, who is a connection between us, right? And everybody was blaming him. He gets fired. Blake Snell immediately great once Larry Rothschild leaves. So they've been really bad at pitching stuff. So, so if you're a Yankees fan, I would look at this as maybe this is a good bench piece for the future and not just some whatever guy because the Padres are so bad at developing pitching. Um, like literally that's how I would view it. If it was a hitter, uh, the Padres are actually pretty decent at developing, um, batters, but when it comes to the pitching side of things, I mean, you can look back at the older days and with Andrew Kashner, who was like a top level prospect and had one good season and he just never kind of put it together. There's yeah. it's very rare. Tyson Ross was a guy that was very good for like one or two seasons, right? right. Like they never come through though. And that's one of the things Chris Paddock right now has had an ERA like above five ever since that great rookie year. So, mm. If I'm a Yankees fan, I'm looking at it as, yes, this is probably not a guy that we're going to be paying too much attention to. He's not a top-level prospect. But given that we we're getting rid of Luke Voigt anyway, yeah, I would love to take lottery tickets on Padres pitching prospects because most likely that team doesn't know what they're doing. And the Yankees, I think low-key, pretty good at developing pitchers. Where does the Cortez come from? I don't know. You know, like they, they find ways to like bring up pitchers. Meanwhile, the Padres last year, just for some some context, they had to bring in Jake Arrieta and his, you know, self and <laughs> Vince Velasquez. And that that was just how desperate they were because they had no depth or uh, and or they just didn't know how to develop pitchers. So it was really rough. Yeah. The Larry Royal trial thing really drives me crazy because I feel like <laughs> he nearly ruins Sonny Gray. And I think that if the Yankees had a different pitching coach when Sonny Gray was here, things would have worked out a lot differently for Sonny Gray. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, um, Sonny Gray. I forgot about that. That was incredible. I, I will never get over the Sonny Gray thing. The, I say I say it all the time. 98 ERA that he just immediately leaves and is better. Well, that's just... And it's funny because during that offseason, I was like, yeah, they should trade him, they should trade him. And then I did a show where I was talking about how he was pitching and I I can't remember if I I think I may have read an article that broke down the pitching and what the Yankees were making him do and I basically switched from yes you should trade him to don't trade him develop pitching better by the end of the show and Sully tells me all the time that it's one of his favorite shows of mine because he said it's unbelievable the turn that you made in 20 minutes from trade him to don't trade him you know so yeah I'm still angry about that for was it four or five years four years later so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes things aren't as simple you know I mean sometimes teams it's it could be playing in a big market or it could be that they don't know how to develop pitchers I've said for the longest time in sports uh, to make a football analogy, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Cleveland Browns for like 20 years always missed on quarterback. I don't believe it's actually possible 
for you to literally in a vacuum get that pick wrong that many times. It right. has to be that as an organ. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers go out and they draft some random schmuck in the fifth round who's like an all pro receiver in a year, right? I just right. think that you keep seeing trends. It mm-hmm. has to be that some teams are better than this than others. In yeah. baseball, it's interesting because, like I said, with the Padres, pretty good at developing hitting, but not with pitching, right? And the, the Cleveland, they're really good at developing stuff, not always with the offensive side of things, but with pitching, like I said, with Niebla, they've been great. And then they're really bad at just spending money, right? So it's, it's there's a little bit more to it in yeah. baseball, what organizations can be good at. But that's what I would always caution people with, which is like, it's not a coincidence, guys. I don't think that they made a mistake. I think it's that whoever they draft, they just don't know how to develop them. And uh, in the case of the Yankees, I would be looking at, like I said, as a, a buy low guy who isn't going to help you for a while, but at least it's a pitching prospect for the Padres. So you, you never know if he's a Cy Young winner in a few years. You just never know. Right. Yeah. You know, talking about the whole pitching and making guys do things that either they don't want to do in the case of Sonny Gray where they were making him throw a pitch that he wasn't as comfortable with over the pitch that he was most comfortable with. It's like, why are you doing this? And then my my all-time favorite, all-time favorite ever thing that the Yankees screwed up pitching-wise. Starting Davey Garcia in that playoff game and then bringing Jay Happ <laughs> in in the second inning when they know that Jay Happ didn't like coming into games. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, it's good you have a great manager to make those decisions, you know? The only, the one thing I will say, I am thrilled that Hensley Mullins was hired by the Yankees, finally, four years after they should have hired him for manager. Thank you. Um, at least he's on the team, and at least he's there. And maybe if Boone really screws up at some point, maybe he'll jump into the manager. I just, yeah. Could happen. I know it's not easy to be a manager. I know that there's a lot of working parts and you need to do a lot of things. But I feel like the combination between Boone being a manager that never managed on any level and the moves that the Yankees front office made in the last five years screwed up Aaron Judge's prime with the Yankees. (laughs) And things should have gone a lot Mm -hmm. better and they didn't. And that's going to annoy me for the rest of my life, honestly. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that just drives me crazy about that. But uh, I don't want to I, I want to be I want to be more positive today because yesterday I was railing on Hal and I keep calling him Hal like I know him. Mr. Hal Steinbrenner, Harold Steinbrenner. I don't know why he's Hal. That's a 60s thing. He was born in 1969 and people who were named Harold were called Hal instead of Harry. What? How would the so world be weird. if he was Harry Steinbrenner? Like, how different would that well, I be? I think they'd like him more. I think they'd like him more. Yeah. Honestly. Harry yeah, seems a little bit more like, oh, Harry, what's going on, Harry? And yeah. Hal is like, Hal. Like, yeah. yeah. That's a rich person name. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I actually think there would be a little bit of a more more leeway. Yeah. I, I really do. I think that that would be a big time thing for them. <laughs> yeah. I think so, too. So uh, let's let's talk about cars, Javi. I don't have one. I'm a true New Yorker. I moved into Manhattan, knew that I was never getting a license, and then now I'm in the suburbs and I'm stuck without a car. But if you have a car, you should go to Rock Auto because this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. And why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while you wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, but choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business 
business and they serve do-it-yourselfers and they've been doing it for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. So whether you're your you Joe Schmo fixing a car in your driveway or you own an auto shop, they have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So, what are we most looking forward to this season? <laughs> Aside from them actually playing, because that's, I said it yesterday, I was angry about the lockout and I was kind of wishy-washy. And then as soon as I heard the yes theme on Sunday afternoon, I was like, yes, baseball's back. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that with both of our teams, uh, they're both in weird spots in the sense that I, I'm, yours was definitely not nearly as disappointing as the fan base claimed it was last year, still winning 92 games, but... What's, it's interesting because both of our teams have a lot of similarities, I think. Number one is that the divisions are pretty crazy. Uh, yours yeah. is looking like some Game of Thrones shit right now. And I'm just really worried about that if I'm a Yankees fan where the Red Sox, they just brought in Trevor Story, who, I mean, I guess you have to have hope as a Yankees fan that maybe those home road splits are actually like really legit and he's not as good as uh, advertised. We don't know, but they gave him six years, 140. And it's not like the Red Sox missed too often on big signings. Uh, right. And then you've got toronto who just made a bunch of moves they traded for matt chapman that's going to ensure their kind of infield defense and stuff like that what else did they do oh yeah they brought in um kevin gosman i'm pretty sure they extended burrios their rotation is really really solid uh they're going to be dangerous vlad jr hitting 78 bombs a year or whatever the heck he's they brought do. in kikuchi then, too right from the uh, from yeah, the I mariners think, or did they i think I so think they did I think they did. Yeah, I think they did as their their fifth starter, which is good as a fifth starter, yes. uh, by the way, for sure. Yeah, and the Yankees they... have issues with him. Mm-hmm. They, it, It's like every other game that they face him, they're either really good against him or they don't do anything against him. It's very strange. <laughs> I don't know why. I think that's what you could say a lot with the Yankees team in general, right? They're a very on and off offense where it's just like when they're on, it's like, like murder's row. You just don't want to play them ever. And when they're off, it's like, like what you saw in the wild card game, where it's just a lot of strikeouts, Stan hitting things that would be a home run anywhere else except for that Civil War era stadium in Fenway Park. <laughs> like, Jesus, like, I just, it's ridiculous. I kind of like it because I like that every stadium is hilariously different. But yeah, that's like Civil War era, like old. It's like, why do we, oh, we're going to build, here's a big monster. That's what we're going to have over here in Boston. That's our thing. Uh, anyway, uh, craziness up in there. And then you have Tampa, who, again, just every year just finds a way they'll bring up a pitcher for two weeks to be good. That will be good against right-handed batters for one team. Like they find matchups. They're really good at that. So, and then even Baltimore, like Baltimore, right. I don't think that they're as much of a pushover. I think they're going to get better. They got some good prospects coming up. So I think it's a a lesser division. And they have a few good, they have a few good annoying hitters on that team that if they were on Mm -hmm. another team, they would be well-known names, but because they're on the Orioles and the Orioles aren't great, people don't really know much about them. Exactly. Cedric Mullins. Exactly. Cedric Mullins. (laughs) Mount Castle might be awesome this year. He's also got an incredible last name. So I think your division's awesome. And for my division, not as stacked, but you could argue that the two best teams in baseball are in the NLS with the Giants and the Dodgers, both of them winning over 100 games last year. That was not fun. Um, So that's a lot to deal with. (laughs) Right. And I think the second point of similarity is that both of our teams, despite kind of a 
a disappointing end to their seasons. They didn't make like crazy big moves. I think a lot of people are used to, right? So the Yankees, yeah, they did at the trade deadline, um, but they didn't really do. They re-signed Anthony Rizzo, and I guess they're going to probably get ready to extend Aaron Judge. And then my team, they traded for Luke Voigt, signed Nick Martinez, who may or may not be someone that has a family relative that hates me. I don't really know exactly. Uh, we'll have to stop to figure that out as the season goes along. Mm-hmm. And they brought in Robert Suarez and a couple, like another bullpen guy. And that's basically it. So it's, it, we're both in kind of a situation where I think fans weren't exactly uh, jumping up and down this off season. And right. I've been talking for a while. So now I'm going to let you talk. Well, yeah. Um, it's just, it's annoying that, the Yankees payroll is so high, but not well allocated. And it's also annoying to hear because the Yankees are so profitable <laughs> that who cares mm-hmm. about the luxury tax? Pen- like, who cares? Yeah. Just spend. And the other thing, mm-hmm. I said this on yesterday's show. So if you're watching again, I apologize for repeating myself, but I will say it. I think adding Steve Cohen to the mix and having him not so far away and just throwing money out like he's, you know, well, he is the richest guy in baseball and having that and seeing them do what they did, getting Scherzer and doing all these moves, angered Yankee fans because they think the Yankees should be doing the same thing. But Hal is not like that. And we spoke about this. (laughs) Hal is very straight-laced, very business-thinking. That's what he got his degree in. His brother, the late Hank, was crazier, like his father. And I feel as if the Yankees would have benefited from having an owner who was part Hal, part Hank, kind of mixed together, and not so (laughs) straight-laced, and not so worried about the money. You're the Yankees, for the love of God. Like, live up to the evil empire moniker, because you haven't in a really long time. And, you know, I say it all the time. I'm I'm actually shocked that they went after Gar- Garrett Cole and that they got him. But what have they done since then? Nothing. <laughs> you know? Like, all these big names were out there this season. Yankee fans thought at least one. They figured the Yankees would get at least one of them. And they did not do that. No offense to Anthony Rizzo. He was not one of the bigger names out there. I'm talking Correa. I'm talking yeah. Seager. I'm talking Story. I'm talking even Marcus Simeon. Like, all those guys that were out there hey, and the Yankees did not do anything. There's a ton of available, too. Yeah. I mean, people forget sometimes because basically post-lockout, the only major kind of domino left to fall was Carlos Rodon, who, of course, signed with the damn Giants because I <laughs> hate everything. But, like, you had Stroman. You had Robbie Ray. You had Kevin Gaussman. You had, like, a lot of pitchers. This wasn't last year where it was, like, you know, you had Marcus Stroman, who then ended up taking the qualifying offer. And then you had a- another guy who ended up signing with the Dodgers that I don't even feel like saying his name uh, oh, on yeah. the podcast. And that was basically it. Right. So that was this. I think people forgot, like, this was such an obscenely stacked free agent class. And it's just that it was split up into two halves. It was like part yeah. one and part two. Yeah, because the Potter lockout really Hollows, screwed you know? things up for. I mean, I forgot Max Scherzer signed with the Mets. So when they referred to him as Mets pitcher Max Scherzer, when the negotiations were happening, I thought, Oh, right. That did happen because it feels like (laughs) pre-lockout was three years ago (laughs) and everything that happened just went out of my brain. I mean, there are a bunch of people that, you know, I forgot about Robbie Ray not being with the Blue Jays anymore and Gossman being with the Blue Jays and just different moves that were made. And I thought, oh, right. That happened. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. There were things that happened. Remember how nuts the Rangers went? They John Gray was another name people were interested. They signed him. They signed Marcus Semien. They signed Corey Seager. It was nuts. 
Yeah. And then remember how like this part two of the alleged free agent frenzy, which is, I mean, this deserves to be talked about for a couple of minutes, I think. Sure. They were drumming it up, free agent frenzy. They You, you even turn on Emily Network, free agent frenzy is the name of the program thing. I even said and it on my show. For days. <laughs> you didn't even get anything for days. Because everyone was saying that that's what was going to happen. And don't get me wrong. By MLB standards, this post lockout has been pretty nuts. Sure. But it wasn't what we had before the lockout. Or what right. we were promised. Everyone, I mean, people I talked to were like, yeah, I think we're going to get signings within an hour of the lockout, like ending officially. And that didn't happen. Instead, and, you know, power to them. I know this is more complicated. I know that you have to, you know, at least report on something when, you know, when you're, you're just coming out of lockout and you have no games, but you have your your Heymans of the world and all these people. It's like Freddie Freeman's signing is imminent next 24 hours. And then it happens a week later. And again, to torture me, signing with the Dodgers, the evil empire, right? So that was really yeah, they're the really, evil empire. Trevor now. Story, Trevor Story, signing coming in soon happens two days later. <laughs> it's like what is going on? It's it's pretty nuts, but uh, in general, I've enjoyed it uh, very very much. And it's I, I wish it was always like this. I remember when um, the last thing, the last Padres plug. I remember like a junior year in college. I'm like about done with my junior year before Manny Machado and Bryce Harper finally signed. I'm like, I just don't understand what possibly takes this long. I just don't get it. Yeah, and, that was a strange, that was a happening. very strange off season because, yeah. you know, it used to be where a lot of things happened around the winter meetings. A lot of things happened before the holidays and you didn't see, you know, guys like Dallas Keuchel missing the first part of the season because they weren't signed and, you know, um, things happening into spring training, you know, when mm. CC and AJ and Tex were all announced by the Yankees, that was all December. Swisher, the trade, that all happened December of 08. And pretty much the team was set up before the new year. And now it seems more common that they lengthen the offseason and lengthen free agency and make it so fans are tortured, honestly. And it's just not fair to us. I don't I don't like it at all. It's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it really isn't very nice. I don't like it. I How could you like do it. that? How could you do that yeah, to us? How could you do that to us? How dare um, you? <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for the season anyway. Um, it should be fun. And I'm looking forward to what teams drop out. Because, you know, that's another thing we kind of forget. Is there's always going to be a team that made it that isn't going to make it now. Um, I'm looking forward to the Phillies giving up 70 runs a game while hitting for 80 runs a game. That should be fun with their defensive outfield. Uh, and with the Yankees. I think it's we have the the best potential in a while for like a Mets Yankees like real true blood feud. Even though they're not going to be playing each other as much, but I think those games are going to be awesome. I mean, that was kind of the last highlight of the Mets season was the Lindor, you know, three home run game, the beef with Stanton, which was so random. I was like, I don't know where this came from. Uh, yeah. This is great. Like this is great theater, and you know me, I love Francisco Lindor. I would do anything for my guy. But uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of cool storylines this year. And yes, the Dodgers are awful, but uh, they've only won in a truncated season. Uh, despite all the budget and everything, they've only managed to win a 60-game season. So as much as they like to talk smack, uh, you're still more known for choking at this point. Just, let's just be honest. I'm just saying, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Like, they're, they're more no – now, don't get me wrong. Great franchise. But let's be honest, and you're not as bad as the Rays. The Rays are the ultimate I've had enough. 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 I've had enough of the the Rays are a great organization. I got an idea. Win a title. Then you can put yourself in the S tier of franchises. All right? Spend money on one guy one time. 
All right. Yeah, you're great at the regular season. It's awesome. Congratulations. You're the Utah Jazz. You're really great in the regular season. Never go anywhere farther. Is that what you want to be? It's a good organization, but you're not in that S tier yet, along with the other franchises in the league. There's, you just can't be. You can't be. You got to win once. I am not saying anything. <laughs> I'm going to be good about this. I'm just going to. So, Javi, tell everyone where they can find you, your writing, anything else that you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O on Twitter. I tweet about a bunch of things, including baseball, but not always baseball. And then at LO underscore Padres, where I always tweet about baseball and Padres stuff. I've been very much fascinated by the Padres social media game lately, posting these little videos of guys answering questions. like what Oh, happens Yankees are doing that too. <laughs> hot dog sandwich stuff, which is the most overused topic of discussion, I think, ever. But still, it's really fun, really entertaining. Blake Snell is a treasure um and then also youtube lockdown padres almost i'm not almost there but i'm trying to get to that 300 subscriber mark so everybody could go check that out if you want to see me and what hat i was wearing still haven't revealed the haircut yet to the public it it has been shaved up here but i'm not revealing it just yet um Ah. and then yeah i've been writing over at justbaseball.com which is a great website uh lots of good content we've got cool stuff coming out there a bunch of projects and uh yeah uh good 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 times ahead i hope nice Nice. Yeah, the Yankees are doing the same questions, and I was saying it on yesterday's show. They asked, are there more doors in the world or wheels in the world? And Joey Gallo had the hardest time answering that question, and I thought it was the funniest (laughs) thing ever. So, But he seems to have problems answering every question. Like He really thinks about it, where other guys are just firing off answers. He's like, well, wait, what about this? So he's become my new favorite Yankee, and I'm trying to- I hope he does better. I'm rooting for him. I, yeah, we're, I'm trying to come up with a segment name because I am going to do a segment within a segment about Joey Gallo probably all the time, which will thrill Bryce Patterick, as I told everyone on yesterday's show. We will be doing a crossover with Bryce later in the week where he will discuss Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and his love for Joey Gallo. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Javi and I would like to remind you that you can listen to both of our shows in Apple, Google, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher. You can watch us on YouTube and please subscribe to both channels if you can. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings your... No, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Tuesday, and we will talk to you tomorrow.